Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope everyone's having a great day. Uh, Today on the show, I have a super awesome band they are called soul chess and they are out of nashville tennessee and it is a group of fellas that i just adore i have become a super fan of theirs now and i really hope that i get to catch a show the next time that they're you know playing out in nashville and hopefully i'm there um but i have to i have to say this this is one of those bands that hits you from all sides they are they are rock they are r&b they are a little bit of funk. They are even just like, you know, they got a cool little alternative thing going on. I mean, they hit so many genres. And I personally love bands like this where you cannot necessarily define the genre because they are a melting pot band, right? And you don't come across bands like this very often where you can really hear all of these different influences because that is that is so hard to do to really pull in more than one genre into you into your music it is just it's hard to do it correctly or even properly i don't even know the right word for it but it's just it's hard to do what they do but they do it so well oh so I'm not going to continue to blabber on about this. I just want you to listen to their music. So the single that they have given me to to share with everybody is called All the Things That We Can Be. And this is a really good example of the melting pot vibe that they put off, you know. And and I know, Soul Chess, I know you guys consider yourselves to be misfits in the Nashville scene, but I really hope that this year is booming for you because people need to hear you. So I'm just elated to be able to play your music on the show. And so for all of our listeners, I hope that you enjoy this. This is All the Things We Can Be by Soul Chess. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. It's your host, Katie Thompson. And with me today, I have the members of Soul Chess. Guys, what is up? What's going hey, on? What's up? It is so nice to meet all of you, and I am super excited to have you on the show. So can you introduce yourselves for me? Sure, and then we'll just we'll go this way. <laughs> all right. I'm Jamila Z. I'm the drummer in Soul Chess, born and raised in Nashville. 
<laughs> I am Chris Goodyear, the guitarist, lead guitarist. Well, there's only one guitarist. And, uh, <laughs> producer, maker of many Simpson backing tracks kind of stuff. And wearer of many hats. Wearer of many hats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am Darian Childress. I am the front man, the lead vocalist for Soul Chess, and also sometimes the uh, visual artist helping with the branding of the band. And I am Jason Frucci. I am the bass player and local goofball. Um, that's, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I'm from Cincinnati originally, and I moved to Nashville, so there you go. Get out. Okay, so I'm from, like, the Columbus area. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Everyone's from Ohio. I've decided it. It's just like I don't. He says they say they're from other. Everyone's from Ohio. Like everyone. Like there's there's some type of degree of separation that everybody's from Ohio. So yes, it's it's so true though. I'm almost 100 percent positive that at least 75 percent of Nashville is actually just transplant Ohioans. Exactly. Yeah, I, I left because I was like, I'm going to get away from Ohio and spread my wings. And then everybody from Ohio just moved out. Like, oh, all right. Well, Trendsetter. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you guys just followed me. It was me, right? That's yeah. right. That's right. You're welcome. That's right. Well, and uh, I don't know if you guys know who Terry Goose Downing is, um, but he's, he's a guitar player that plays down at Bourbon Street Boogie and Blues. And he's... Nice. He's originally from Cincinnati, but he's been in Nashville for like, I don't know, three or four decades at this point. And he's taken home like best guitarist, like best Nashville guitarist, I don't know, for like the last 10 years or something. That's like awesome. That. That's crazy. awesome. It's freaking crazy. Yeah. Very cool. So, all right. So I would like to know, how did y'all meet? Like, tell me about the inception of Soul Chess and how, how you came to be. It's a good story. Mm -hmm. You want to go with that one, Chris, since you're the uh, oldest member? of the original <laughs> oh yeah and not the eldest well sorry long, longest say, longest like... standing member okay of the original so we had a band um I, we were playing with another artist i was and we were originally looking for a drummer that artist reached out to jameel like ages back between then and and when i between then and actually meeting jameel i actually went all the way out to live in california for a year and a half came back and then just randomly bumped into this drummer called Jamil, and it, actually that guy that seemingly I was always meant to be playing with in that regard. And I actually known Jason though for a long time, long, long, long time, way back in Craigslist days, like for like eleven years ago when I first moved to U U US from UK because I'm English, and. Um, we, I met him through a Craigslist ad where I was trying to get a band together way back then. A lot of life happened between then and now. And then these two, well, I'll let you take the, the mantle from there because um, <laughs> we were kind of like a, a thing then. Me, Jason, and Jamil were playing. We kicked our old singer out because he really just weren't fitting the bill. Uh, he had a lot of things going on. And we, we had a lot of objections we need to accomplish. So yeah. that was that. And then these two met Darian. Yes. So once we were already looking for a new vocalist, once the last vocalist was uh, removed from our group, 
Um, I've been playing some local jam sessions that were hosted once a month down at the BB Kings that was in Nashville. And I had seen Darian perform for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And this is like 20, the end of 2019 by this point. And I had seen him for that long. And I was just like, well, we're looking for a new vocalist and we're needing somebody that's got high energy, just got a really good range that's able to move and dance and be able to get the energy from the crowd. So I was like, well, he's got all of that. Like, he's a huge um, fan of, like, Michael Jackson, uh, Whitney Houston, Luca Bandross, Stevie Wonder, like, just, like, some of these, like, heavy hitters that have great stage presence and great vocal ability. And he also has that himself. So I was like, well, we need to be able to, like, I want somebody to come see it. Chris was busy with regular life. And I was just like, well, Jason, come out to one of these gigs. Like, y'all have to see him. We need him in the band. So finally brought him out. Was it the Michael Jackson night or a Prince night? It's Prince Night. Um, I, it's one of my favorite stories actually to tell. So I'm gonna tell. I call it the Darian story at this point. Um, so the like Jamil wanted me to go to this gig at uh, at BB King's for so long. Like he told us probably like three or four times. Like please, you gotta come out. It's really fun. I'm like yeah okay, but I hate going down to Broadway. I'll be honest with you. It's just it's a hectic. It's annoying. Whatever. It's parking it's not. Sucks. Yeah, parking sucks. Nash. So I finally like I I'm like all right, I'm gonna go. And I promise. And when I make a promise, I keep it. So I went down there and I almost missed him playing. I was the whole reason I went down there is to watch him play. I walk in and it was almost like it was all perfect. It was like planned because I walk in and as I walk in, like he hits the symbol for the first time. So it was like perfect. I was like, oh, I just made it. Thank God. <laughs> um, and then he go, he's, you know, plays and I can't remember what song he played, but it was great. And then afterwards he came up and he was like, so how was it? Blah, blah. And then he's like, you're going to want to check out this next guy. He's really, really good. His name's Darian and he's really talented. And of course, when people tell me that, I just kind of roll my eyes because I've heard that a million times. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's so good, whatever. And so Darian comes out and I don't remember what song he did, but he was definitely Prince Knight. And like all the ladies in the crowd were going nuts and everyone was going crazy. And I was like, all right, whoever this guy is, I want to play with him. Like that's, we got to play with him. So can you like talk to him? And he's like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. You know, and, and Camille being the smooth talker that he is, talk to Darian and the rest is history. So, yeah. So Darian, what was your impression that night? So I don't think we met. We, we didn't meet. Yeah, we didn't meet. Yeah. yeah. But um, a few months later, um, Jamil hit me up on a messenger and uh, asked me if I would like to, you know, audition for this opportunity. And this was the time when I was thinking, you know, I've gotten great experience playing different shows, different cover bands, different jam sessions. But I said, I, I, I want to do something more. I want to finally get into original music and, you know, spark that creative interest and make it into a fire and fulfill it. And so I was hesitant because, you know, I get in my own way a lot of times, but I said, you know what, what do I have to lose? And so I come and I meet these guys and I perform with them and everything was great. Like the chemistry was there immediately because as Jamil said, we have seen each other perform for a good minute and we have talked quite a bit. And I thought to myself when he um, approached me with this opportunity, I knew how great that he was already. And I knew that, you know, he wouldn't be involved in something that's not, you know, feasible or, you know, at least has potential. So I, I did it. I did the audition and it felt really good. But then I got in my own way again so it was like, it was awesome, but I didn't commit right away because I was like, what if, the, all the what ifs. But then I realized, I said, stop that. Just go for it. Now I'm stuck with them. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know you love us. Yeah. 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 So there you go. All from Craigslist. That's basically that's that's the moral of the story. Is it's all from Craigslist. It wasn't murder, so now I wouldn't get murdered. So, uh, so abandoned. You guys are a success story. Exactly. Exactly. We're already success. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Some might say, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so so I want to talk about how you guys classify your music because uh, before we started rolling, you were telling me that you feel kind of like misfits in Nashville. So so talk to me about your genre or just how you would classify your style of music. Hard. I think that's what's yeah, kind of cool about it is that it's so hard to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the the analogy I always use, and I, I mean, these guys can expand upon it uh, probably a lot better, but like the analogy I always use with people when people ask me like, what kind of music is it? And I just say, think of Michael Jackson in a rock band. And that's yeah. pretty much the gist of what we got going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it so, is. So cool. if you were like, that's cool. I'm like, wouldn't it have been cool? Like, yeah. <laughs> that would have been sweet. What's, what's funny about that too, too is there's like several artists have come post Michael Jackson, like, Bruno Mars and the weekend I can think of that we we cover when we perform around Nashville, but they like a modern day generations of what Michael Jackson were trying to do, and I feel like they're definitely part of what we do in some some regards. Certainly when we perform live, they are. So everything that kind of stemmed down from MJ and in in the pop aspect of our music is is there. If you think of all the people have come from him um but then there's other elements of when jason said the rock it's like indie rock hard rock at times um and then there's this funk element too that just yeah. it's kind of it's so there's definitely things that make it sound like us my guitar tone i think yeah what my guitar does like my technique is like oh yeah that's soul chess Darian's voice, yeah, yeah. Jason's bass lines that are kind of like really melodic, you know, like regardless of what song style we're playing, it's kind of like you can sing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, then Jamil's drumming, which is funky and loud and in your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not really specifically one genre. It's just more like elements that are the same. There are some, MO, like we have some MOs, as, as I call it, like kind of like what we're trying to do, like fall back to this. And one of them being like, we always like to try and incorporate some EDM elements, like subgenres of EDM, like uh, sometimes, but currently we've got, and, and next single for summer actually is more like a house record. Um, this one we're about to bring out in, you know, our next single is more like a drum and bass record, rhythmically speaking, because when you factor those elements in, it, pre- it makes Jamil work harder than what a normal drum would have to work. <laughs> I'm telling you, it gets him out of his comfort zone, so we'll take yeah. a song and it stops it from sounding like Foo Fighters and turns it into more like this weird kind of mashup for EDM and rock. Mm-hmm. Because if you just didn't factor that in, sometimes it can start to fall into that kind of Foo Fighters genre at times. So mm-hmm. bit of all sorts, but it's more like the elements are there. You'd have to know the elements of our music to really know what it sounds like. Well, and I, so as I was, you know, digging into some of your music, I was actually watching the, uh, the music video for Miracle. And as I'm listening to this, I'm going, what in the hell? Like, (laughs) because I'm, because I'm hearing so many elements that 
are like just I mean I, I have a super eclectic taste in music so like I was hearing this like this MJ kind of throwback with a slight bit of like rock almost electronic out of Muse but then you have Jason come in with this gorgeous fucking bass line and I'm like who are these tasty motherfuckers what is this <laughs> <laughs> like I was not ready for all of these incredible elements and so I'm just I'm so glad to get your take on it because as you're talking and I'm like yeah I hear that Foo Fighters element yes I definitely hear the MJ element but like that you know that kind of like electronic you know produced vibe I guess from Muse really kind of stuck out to me as well um i you know just like some of those elements from that band i kind of heard in you guys as well so i just i think that i've never heard anything like you at all and, <laughs> and darian good. good yeah i have to tell you darian like in that music video you came out in that white suit i'm like this <laughs> dude has got temptations vibes so hardcore Thank you. Yep. And no, I just I just have to say thank you because I'm obsessed with the freaking temptations and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm old school all the way. Temptations and it's been mentioned many times the Michael Jackson influence and the people who influenced him, like the James Browns and all yeah. the Motown. Yeah. And, and with me being from Memphis, I'm also been exposed to the greatness of like Stax records and just all those. And I've been exposed to all kinds of music, which I love. But yes, yeah, soul and R&B and pop have been the foundation for me. So I make sure to bring all of that. And then they take me different places with their musical influences. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I love about this unit is we are truly a fusion. And whenever we do a show and we're done and the audience will come and compliment us, they would tell us what how we remind them of musically, and we get all kinds of answers. Yeah, even even yeah. musicians and artists that we don't mention right off the bat, and I love that. Yeah, I love we that we surprise them in that way, and it's yeah. amazing. So I really appreciate that <laughs> reference with Temptation, like because yeah. that's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. So thank you. Miracle, for that. Miracle was a bit of a misnomer as well in our sound. Like that was yeah. a song that was just too good to not record and get out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just it's like we've had for look, a while. We've had it for literally probably since 2016. It's been knocking around. I've known it's a good song, mm. and we were just like, we've got to record it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Soul Chest, but that's why we kind of dropped it around Christmas time last year because it had this miracle of Christmas feel. <laughs> Darian's in his white motherfucking suit. <laughs> like red yeah, yeah. it was just kind of yeah. like it's let's perfect. just glam it up a little bit because it was like a bit of a ballad it felt really wintery um mm. I, I and we don't even funny thing is we don't play it live like it's just right, it's too yeah. much of a big production but yeah between the piano part yeah. and then having uh serena as a feature on it like yeah yeah that that part is so good we can't like none of us could try to sing the second verse <laughs> like she does like <laughs> Her, her part is so like it. She carries that. Yeah, she segment. does. It is so intense. <laughs> yeah, the best thing for that song that I've heard. I've had some friends of mine and stuff that have um, called me like after listening to it, and they're like, "I'm like crying right now, and I don't know why." And I'm just like, "Good, that's yeah. what we want. Like, <laughs> we want emotion, whether it's crying or jubilation or whatever it may be. I think that's really that song can evoke a lot of different emotions, which is mm -hmm. cool." Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, I think because you're so eclectic, it's, I think that anybody who is a new listener is going to, they're going to have an easy time feeling so many different types of emotions through your playing because I, and it's just been in my experience when you have a band that is such a, such a well-blended fusion like you are, from one song to the next, you, you, I mean, have a box of tissues ready. You don't know if you're going to cry. You don't know if you're going to laugh and you don't know if you're going to just like freaking get up and cart a rug, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think that's really cool. But I do wonder though, how hard has that been for you in Nashville to like get on a stage that really feels like you're, you know, like fitting the bill essentially? It's been hard. I mean, it's, that's the thing, like, um, the thing about Nashville that I love, but also is frustrating is that it's, I mean, it's obviously known for its music and there's so many musicians here, but the problem with that is that there's so many musicians here, you know what I mean? And so, um, and a lot of what it's known for is country music, even though that's not really how it got its name, but like still, um, that's what it's known for. And we're not country, obviously we're like, you know, everything else everything else <laughs> other than that which well, just about. you would think would be able to cut through a little bit because it's different but in a lot of places they don't want, they don't want something like that because they know what you know sells essentially in the town so that's what makes it tough uh so for us we're just trying to get out there and whether it's trying to get on festivals or trying to just you know we, we have some gigs that we play at like a casino or anywhere that'll really have us and enjoy our music like we'll, we'll play it i mean i've been trying to get back into ohio because i've got plenty of people there that would love to see us um so yeah i mean anybody seeing this if they want to book us for a show we're all down yeah we <laughs> so, have four hours of music yeah we got a lot yeah, of music we, we can just, play we so. have four hours of covers and originals and that's been honestly that whole those having that longer set is because we had to have that longer set around nashville to get shows yeah there's kind of like different this i don't know i might be completely wrong but it feels like there's like boxes that you have to fit in in nashville broadway box you're playing covers yeah. you don't necessarily have to play country covers but you have to play top 40 top 40 yeah. covers that everyone knows you don't play any originals if you do you're not getting booked again there's the songwriter box where it's just like you know you do your writers rounds and yeah you can showcase the song and then there's the the box of like the indie scene where you kind of have to book a venue like Cobra or East Room, somewhere like that, pay to book it and hope that every Tom, Dick and Harry in Nashville shows up. And if they don't, you lose money. what are you playing for to? You know, yeah. so they're like the right. kind of boxes and it's, it's not easy because you have to kind of, there's not like a real middle ground box. You kind of have to do straight covers yeah solo like acoustic stuff or try and do like your own thing and invite other bands on and stuff like that but then you're not always making a lot of money from that and so you, unless you've got like a lot of mates who can come out and like come to your show it's, it's a weird place naturally you've not got like bars just putting a band on like us where they're going to play original and you've got some passing traffic mm -hmm. There are a few. I'll tell you that there is one place that loves us, and it's called Fat Bikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're yeah. our homes, yes. like really, because they just love us. They let us do whatever we want, and but that's a healthy spot to me because you, we can play. I mean, some other place we play, we get money from, and that's what pays for our recordings and stuff like that. So the more of them are great. That's why we've got four hours of songs because it's like we can make money through playing shows and then yeah. pay for yeah. recordings. But it's not been easy. Um, I think the oversaturation has been the biggest challenge too. 
Yeah. And so I was saying there's just yeah. too many musicians basically yeah. is what it comes down to. I mean, we could be, be I'm not lying, like we could be Beatles, we could be junk, you know. No one would know because it seems that like it's you just fall into Yeah, you just <laughs> fall into the you kind of milieu of everyone else. Right, right. Well, and you, you know, you were mentioning festivals and, and things like that. And, you know, Jason, you know, with you knowing at least some of the festivals that are in Ohio, I mean, like, you know, ComFest in Columbus, I think would be a fantastic fit for you guys. Um, even, you know, quite a few of the hippie festivals that are on. So there's a hippie festival in Athens, and I think there's one near Cincinnati, but there's like a lot of blues and like yeah, funk fusion kind of festivals that you guys might really fit into is that yeah. something that you've tried yet uh we are currently like it's kind of a new thing we're currently like sending out you know press kits and stuff like that to different places just to play obviously i would love to play bunbury one day but like that's a huge festival it's like playing and you know any of the big festivals around here as well so sure. um, but like yeah any of those other festivals would be great i mean even just like the smaller ones i mean just just anywhere we can play and people will appreciate our music. That's really all we're looking for and what we're trying for. And that's what's kind of tough in today's world because people don't go out to shows like they used to. Like you don't just go and play gigs and then hope people will, you build a fan base that way. You have to build a fan base online nowadays. As I'm sure, you know, you know, that's what podcasts are for and it's what all these other things are for. So, yep. um, so yeah, I mean, you just try to do what you can to like build that up as much as you as possibly can. And, uh, the biggest key is just writing good music and that's what we're trying to focus on right now it's just because right we have a little bit of a lull right now because i know you asked like do we have any shows we don't have any shows really coming up right now but during this lull we're going to try to write a lot of music and just see what comes out of it we need to we need yeah. to do yes. some more writing yes for sure we, we spent all of 2022 just focused on building that setup and it's built you know mm -hmm. we're, we're just ticking over at this stage so we need to we're actually returning back to you know writing original music um, so that's where we're at. that's super exciting so uh, do you plan to just release singles or you have plans for like an ep or an album yet we were talking about i think uh 
we'll release singles if they feel like a single, but we've got some songs that are, are feeling like absolute album tracks that we'll want to get out eventually. But some songs have come along that will just like, man, we've got to get this song out. This is going to be perfect for summer, for example. So let's just get that out as a single. We've just been releasing singles up to now. It just makes sense with the current music environment because the concept of an album's kind of dissolved a little bit. Um, Expensive. Yeah, and it takes a long time. I mean, we've all got really full-time jobs, so to record an album to the standard that we want it to be recorded at, you talk. I mean, if a band goes into the studio for a year to full-time band to do that, and that's our standard we have to hit, it's, we're working to that same time frame, so it spreads it out over probably five because we've got five times more things that we need to do than a band that's doing it full-time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, too, is... Um, it's kind of like we're going to try to write a bunch of music. And this goes for any like young musician that may listen to this or whatever. You just want to write as many as long as you possibly can. Cause not every single one's going to be a banger. Not every single one is going to be like, you know, something that people want to listen to. And I think just like creating a lot of it for yourself and then eventually other stuff will come out of it. Like good stuff that everything else, that everybody else wants to listen to. There's going to be some that's just like only you probably want to listen to it. But then there's other stuff that like everybody's going to be like, oh, that's a really cool song or whatever. But it's just doing it because it's like anything else. The more you do, it, the better you get at it. So um, the more songs you write, the the better songs, uh, you know, over time that you'll get. So yeah, I had a um, like a songwriting mentor basically laid it out like this. Like you have to you have to write a lot of shit songs to get to the really good ones. Yeah. As they say, you know, dig through the shit to get to the diamond, basically. We're in in that phase right now. We're in kind of like a discovery, like what songs are good, what songs are bad. We're just doing that. Yeah. Very cool. So I wanted to ask a little bit about your writing process. So, Chris, you were talking about how you do a lot of the guitar work and like, you know, the extra production. So if we could start with you, like when it comes to your songwriting process, you know, how do you you know, approach the band with a song? Um, I will sometimes get maybe a, a verse or it tends to be a verse or not. For, I feel like I'm not very good at writing choruses <laughs> for whatever reason. I like it when Darian comes along and he'll start singing it like, yeah, that's the melody. That's the hook right there. But sometimes I will write a chorus. Um, I'll have it in a really seed format. I can't sing it very well. I'll bring it to Darian. You know, he'll get his head around it. I'll bring it to all at band and we'll start messing mm-hmm. around with it. It tends to start with wanderers. Um, the seed usually generally comes from generally comes from me, but it's in the I'll plant it in the soil of the band very early on so that the conditions of the band can cultivate it however they they want to. Um, gotcha. And then beyond that, once we, we do a lot of production, we'll produce it like in here thinking like okay we're going into studio because then that's when i start doing production on it like adding the sims backing tracks and all the drums and edm elements and that kind of stuff yep yeah basically comes in with a skeleton and then we just kind of like build it from there essentially that's usually what kind of happens even i mean we actually started trying to write a bit more together as well and Mm -hmm. i want to do that more you know collectively writing and get us all in a room and just right together um that's a new thing but a lot of times i'll just be right i'll just driving in car and lyrics will just flood in second verses are all written in car 
I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> it's it's how it goes. Oh, the melody, and I'll just, because you know when you're on a long drive, you can just keep singing it over and over again. Because yep. that's what you have to do when you're writing. You have to keep singing, and does that word work? Does this, it. does this concept work? You ain't got nothing else better to do when you're in car. So that's where they come from. And I get it on recorded on my phone, try not to crash car. <laughs> and I'll record it. And once you've got locked in, it's then it's okay, gig great. I can come back to it, write it down on paper, and it's written. Yeah. Love it. I love it. So Jamil, when it comes to writing like your drum parts, you know, what elements in the songs are you paying the the closest attention to at first? Ooh. That's a great question. Good job. Thank you. I'm <laughs> also a drummer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Game recognizing so, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if if he's just coming with the the lyrics and some chords for a verse, he'll initially tell me, oh, I want this to be more drum and bass. I want this to be rocky. Or I want a funk element to it. Like uh, if you've heard Can't Stop, uh, one of our songs, like he'll tell us, like, oh, okay, like I want four on the floor, like I want that type of vibe. Like, so he'll generally tell me what he wants, and then I'll listen to how he's playing the guitar rhythmically. Um, so I can be like, oh, okay, well, it's either going to be um, four four, I'm going to play at halftime, or I can add certain hits, like if I'm going to syncopate it, like, <clears throat> like whatever the guitar is happening. Um, so I'll usually listen to that first. Um, and then, and I'll I'll listen to Jamil to determine what guitar part I'm playing. So it's the same, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like we're just we call him the bass other. commander for a reason because yeah. he basically tells me what to do essentially. <laughs> <laughs> follow whatever beat or feel that he's basically doing yeah. for the most part. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's where it initially comes from, and then like once more elements in the song are there, like once he's decided, oh, okay, I'm gonna play this type of melodic line for the bass or um, the lyrics are more set in stone and I can be like, oh, okay. Like I might do certain hits to go with lyrics. So it's like, oh, okay. Like this part is gonna pop because that's an important lyric that they needed to hear or anything like that. Or, oh, me and him are locking in on a certain rhythm that happens at the end of the second verse that only happens at the end of the second verse. That way it's just like a little bit of ear candy for those musicians. So like we kind of, I'm pretty. Like I'm pretty anal about drums too. Uh, I, I I I play drums in my mind and nowhere else really. <laughs> I, I, I exactly what I want the drums to do, feel wise. You know, I can emulate it with my mouth. But because um, <laughs> it's that produ- when you say about production, you know, that's they're intertwined. The production and drums, every part of the band really. And for some reason, I give a damn about every part of band, <laughs> what it's doing. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is in me. It's just like I have a vision. So like, let's try it like that way, you know. Mm-hmm. We give them a little pushback sometimes because just like, oh, no, nah, we think the song should go in this yeah. direction. Yeah. Push it over here. And then I'll be like, okay, I never thought of it that way. So let's try right. that. You know, it's yeah, it's a good push and pull. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's a a really good dynamic to have though like you guys are able to communicate and it's not you know it's not an ego trip it's you know here was one potential vision but here's all these other d- ideas that can you know mold the vision into you know serving yep. the song the best you have to have an open mind you know sure. you can't just be like this is how it's going to be you have to see the potential in that new idea becoming just as good yeah um, absolutely absolutely dolly parton a whole bunch of money with I'll Always Love You. <laughs> she wrote her song for herself. She's like, I'm going to do some country music. Oh, Whitney, you want to do it? Here. Yeah. 
make me more money. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So Darian, I wanted to ask you like as, as the lead singer and the front man, like when, you know, when you come into, you know, the rehearsals and you guys are working on new songs and there's new ideas floating around, like where, where are you drawing your inspiration melodically from the most? Many different places. Um, when the melody is coming about, like the skeleton will have usually a melody of some kind. And then I will hear it and be like, okay, cool. And then I will build on that and say, because, you know, I have my specific singing style and I want to make sure that my specific singing style fits with that melody. And so, you know, I would, I would fill it out see how it feels and then it's like okay this seems good but maybe i can take it to a different place while still maintaining the core element and then also i also don't think of it strictly from a vocal standpoint i also think of it rhythmically and from a performance standpoint because Mm -hmm. i am a performer and it's very important for me Mm -hmm. as a performer to communicate with my whole being it has to show not just through the vocals also through my specific movements. So inspiration for it is drawn from many places from, you know, my own internal styles, as well as what they are doing, because with the creative energies that we all have, that inspires me to take it in their direction, as well as my own. And that helps to make everything gel together. I mean, we'll we'll change gears on, you know, if we know, if we know we want Darian to like sing this certain way, will adapt and like say no this is going to be better for Darian's voice if we play in this key but I like when we when I have a melody I like to put it through Darian filter to let him do his own thing you know hey go for it you've got much better ideas let mine be skeleton but just because not only that you can like you can completely just like really be close to another song like the original idea can just be a bit of a rip-off sounding thing put through Darian filter and it turns out something new yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do my best with that, and I appreciate you saying that because sometimes, yeah, this is good, but this sounds like this song. Let's take it. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the intention all along. It's like just put, go for it. You know, yeah, make it your own. Yeah, Darian's the, uh, musical encyclopedia. Of I, was, I was gonna say, I was just about to say that like he knows like every song ever, so yes. that he's got a huge tool. He's got a huge toolbox that he can just like <laughs> dig out of, basically. And that's uh, he, he's he's the human jukebox. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, like he'll like we'll give him a melody and be like, oh, okay, well that sounds similar to "Get Lucky" by Daft Punk, <laughs> and he's gonna change it into something else, or it'll be like, oh, well no, that sounds like "Message in a Bottle." Like let's move over here, or like, oh, this sounds like. I don't know, Donny Hathaway, and like he will try and change, like, where, like, how do you know all these people and all these songs? All these genres, too. It's yes. not just like R&B or pop, like you said. It's like he knows rock songs and all this. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, let me ask you this. So, from a, from a frontman and performer standpoint, Darian, like, because like to me it's obvious why you know all of these artists right like you're the front man it's your job to be able to sing anything right then and there when somebody asks asks it of you but what is one of the things that you see in nashville that drives you nuts 
as a performer, as 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 that front man, as that front man who's got to be out front doing the business. Yeah, I need to know what to drives eat. you nuts. She's about to get some. Just, just don't drop extra names. Yeah. Drop names. <laughs> yeah, don't drop names. It's fine. Yeah, we don't need to get blacklisted. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're almost already there. <laughs> neither, neither do I. <laughs> Well, as a, as a, I feel that I'm the all around performer and I feel like when you're on stage and it, there's a band, uh -huh. everybody uh -huh. has to. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Looking at your phone, reading yeah, lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what they'll do. It's well, okay. a couple of things. I was going to judge you. For that. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> First, everybody who is on stage needs to perform. They need to be into it. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at everybody. I know when it comes to bands, a lot of people say that the eye is naturally drawn onto the front person. And that's yeah. true. It's the middle. Yes. If, every, if there's a collective of people on stage, everybody needs to be into that thing. Mm -hmm. And I can tell when someone is not. I can tell when someone is not feeling it. I can tell when, you know, they're just there phoning it in. That grinds my gears. And the other thing, as Jamil has <laughs> illustrated so wonderfully, it's there's nothing wrong with having, you know, lyric sheets or some kind of lyrical aid because not everyone is able to, you know, retain words. And I support that wholeheartedly. But remember, there's an audience in front of you. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to them. Don't pay attention right here strictly. Mm -hmm. You still need to engage with your audience. They are here to see you. And so you have to give that same attention to them as they are trying to give to you because when they see that you're not paying attention to them, they're going to tune you out mm -hmm. completely as well. And so, yeah, I'm very observant when I see others. And so, fortunately, I don't see, a, well, I don't see a lot of that now because I don't pay attention to everybody anymore. I make sure that I am in the spaces where there are good performers and good musicians and good vocalists and enjoy them wholeheartedly. Anybody else? Yeah. I don't pay attention <laughs> at all. But it's so important that I ask questions like this because we have a lot of listeners that are, you know, trying to cut their teeth in the music business and they need all of the, the input that they can get. And I feel that one thing that doesn't really get talked about enough is the performance aspect of actually being on the stage. It, it's not enough just to be amazing at your instrument, right? If you are not, if you are just you know, sitting there strumming your guitar, you know, going to town on your bass, even just your drums. Like if you're looking down, you're not engaging with anybody. How are they going to connect with you? Yeah, exactly. Well, and ultimately you're putting on a show. So yeah. whether you're a bar band or you're the biggest band in the world or artist in the world or whatever. I mean, I've played with bands that were pretty big that just stood there on stage. And it was always incredibly disappointing to me because I'm like, you're making way more money than I am. <laughs> you're way more famous than I am. And yet you're just sitting there, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, people don't pay for that. And then they walk away disappointed. And then especially depending on what genre of music it is, it puts a bad taste in their mouth. Like, well, country's more fun because of X, Y, Z or R and B is more fun because of X, Y, Z or whatever. And it's like, it almost like hurts your whole entire genre because that's the taste they get when they go to a show. And they're like, Oh, so does rock not try, you know, or does this style of music not try? Basically, they just sit there with their instrument. And they think that's going to be OK. It's like your 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 impression that you're giving on people 
like last not just for your performance but for other performances as well so it's really important i think that's a really unique concept of you know especially when it comes to you know basing judgment on genre alone um it's interesting because i mean (laughs) at least here in ohio all of the country concerts get a really bad rap for literally having the worst audiences because they get drunk and they get belligerent and they go crazy right (laughs) but it's 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 the metal concerts where like if somebody gets hurt in the mosh pit they clear a path for you know the ems guys to come through and like haul them out on a stretcher and they're all like trying to help it's just it's interesting that you mentioned that because i think i think you're absolutely right it's it is so easy to leave the wrong taste in you know an audience's mouth about okay well i just went and saw you know a country show and that sucked maybe i should go see maybe i should go to the rock band next door instead you know so well, I think it's also a big reason why rock kind of has fallen on by the wayside a little bit, other than just like they didn't like collaborate enough, which is one big thing. But also shows a lot of times didn't keep up with times. They didn't. I mean, you've got R&B and pop and country and all these like big shows that started happening. And if you don't keep up with that, people are just going to be like, well, that show's more fun. So I'm going to go to that. And especially now, people just don't go out like they used to. They'd rather sit at home and watch Netflix. So you have to like really impress them to get them outside basically in today's world especially after covid and all that other kind of stuff so yeah yeah it's unfortunate well before before we start running out of time here i want to talk about this release that is technically so this episode's coming out after your release so you would have already released it but uh so talk to me about all the things that we can be (laughs) (laughs) we call it we call it our nashville song so that's the start east nashville yeah so that song actually exemplifies everything that we're trying to do yes it, it really captures our sound um so i'm pretty excited for the actual sonic qualities of it uh you're just gonna hear mashups in that a lot of drum and bass it's a very drum and bass heavy song so if, if you don't know what that rhythm is that's in there that's drum and bass music america uh, <laughs> in, in, in Europe. that's why the drums sound like they do um it's not just Jason and Jamil playing drums and bass. It's But the lyrical content is about, I wrote it, um, the lyrics when I was looking back on when I was lived, I lived in East Nashville. I bought my first home out there. I had experiences and I've had a hell of a lot of experiences in the last 10 years. A lot, life. a lot of life. A lot of life. And he's talking about, you know, all the, the thousand tales of love and war and just them all being behind you. And like, I moved out of East Nashville. I sold my house because I met my wife that I'm with now. We weren't living in East Nashville. When COVID hit, I moved out of East Nashville. And they were like, oh, leaving all that behind. And I love East Nashville. I love the vibe. It's like a little island of California on in Nashville. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, End of day, you know, love matters more. And like, you can be in the household and that's really what matters, family and, and that kind of stuff. So it's really just, the, we got married. You know, we got married last year, me and my wife. Congrats. I feel like that song, thanks. I feel like that song really was about um, the, you know, everything's set for us just to go forward into the future. It's all, all, everything else is behind us. And so it's a kind of uplifting song about looking behind you 
but forward for future, but looking back with nostalgia. Um, we call it East Nashville song because it really does reference like specific places in, in East Nashville. Yeah. So if, I like that kind of stuff in songs. I love them like making songs like Penny Lane and things like that. You know, I know quite a few songs are like that. And I was like, because it creates a vision in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Places, and I think that's a nice artistic trick. So, yeah. yeah, that imagery can mean a lot to people, especially people who have been to the area that you're writing about. So. Yeah. Nashvillians should appreciate it for sure. Yeah. Yes. We did cool. go out there and we hit up all the spots in the music video too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Nashville spots in the yeah. music video. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yes. That's awesome. So what's the what's the concept behind the, the music video? Just going out with your <laughs> yeah. friends, right? Yeah. It really it's just us being us. us. Yeah, if you watch that music video, yes. you really know who we are. You've seen <laughs> You know each personality. You know how we are. You would know what it's like to hang out with us, basically. Yes, yes. So. that's the best way what, to explain it. What yeah. it's like to be in this band. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I food. love it. Lots of laughter for yeah, sure. Yes. And food. And food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> yeah. A lot because we don't. Yeah, we don't excessively yeah, drink. We I don't do that we're right actually here. pretty. We're hella disciplined. Like when we perform, yeah. we'll, yeah, none of us drink we'll when we perform. Athletes, so, yeah. <laughs> we have to be. Um, as soon as that last beat is done, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Just> shots. <laughs> yeah. And say all of a sudden it's it's time for shots. <laughs> yes, beautiful. Yeah. So that's the concept of it. Pretty fun. Yeah. It was fun to film because it was real it was. easy. It was real yeah. simple. And the guys that we they did our uh, miracle video as well, and they're exceptional. Like I love when people tell you exactly what they want or what because like for me, I don't know what I look like when I'm performing. Obviously, I can't like see myself so. When you tell me, hey, do this, try this, try this out, whatever, it just makes everything so much more fun and like, because I'm just like, do I look good? I don't know if I look good or not. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, they did. They took a concept, the concept that behind the video, and just ran with it, ran with it, and yeah. went far bit, far beyond what I perhaps envisioned it could be. Yeah, it's really good. That's in, just incredible. So congratulations. So the video comes out May fifth. Right. Yeah. So for everybody listening, make sure that you uh, head over to the show notes. Links are going to be in the show show notes for Soul Chess. Video out on May 5th. Congratulations on your release. And I just I had a blast talking with you guys. I mean, seriously, you sound like a like a fun bunch of guys. I hopefully. Well, let me ask you this. By any chance, are you actually playing next week anywhere? Because I'm going to be down in Nashville uh, Thursday, the 27th. We have we've not got anything on the calendar, but Okay. I do need to call Abram at Fat Bites. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, he might have got something come up. If we do, we'll definitely let you know if we yeah, got anything yeah. in a fat Oh my god. Please, please. Fat so I'll be, a great uh, venue too. It's a great yeah, place and, to be at. And the food's great. Like it's great. The music videos and audio is good, but honestly. To see us live, yeah. I feel like that's where we Different really game. we're not like them bands that just stand there. We do try and put on a show. Mm -hmm. Darian is the best showman in Nashville. Oh, um, thank you. It's visually entertaining. You. you know, people say that you look like you're performing in front of an arena. We're yeah, we got that a lot. We've we're played it a few times. so many yeah. times, and it's a burger joint. There's like two people there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, if if by any chance Fat Bites says yes, we we want you to come and play. You have to let me know. It's been a hot minute since I've been there. I actually played at Fat Bites 
back in 2018, I think, when I was living in Nashville. I think I played there a couple of times. Um, so I need to go back and just, just to like sit and chill. But, um, even if you guys aren't playing, like we should totally like, you know, grab coffee or something and do like a really like a super quick hits or something like that for one of our, our shorter episodes. Um, I just like to be a, a fly on the wall at one of your rehearsals too. Cause that sounds <laughs> like a, trying to clean it up a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little edgy sometimes. They but... do. Yeah. That's why I, yeah, they thought about streaming, but I was like, might get canceled. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Soul Chess. Links are in the show notes. You guys, uh, just good luck with your releases. And as soon as you get new shows, please let us know. Um, I'm also going to make sure that we get you on our new Music Friday playlist. Since you're releasing on Friday, I'll make sure that our assistant adds uh, all the things that we can be to the Music on the Move Studios new music friday playlist so guys thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure yeah, thank, thank you. you so much appreciate thank you. you really appreciate it thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the members of Soul Chess for coming on the show today. Fellas, I still maintain you are some tasty motherfuckers. Thank you so much for being just the misfits in Nashville that Music City needs. Keep pushing, guys, because your music is awesome and each and every one of you are just just amazing humans. So thank you again for coming on the show. To all of our listeners, make sure that you go and download all the things that we can be. Links are in the show notes. We will also have them on our new Music Friday playlist via Music on the Move on Spotify. Make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandpa, all of them. Please help us. We are trying to get indie artists out there. So until next time, we'll see you later.